It's Stompface, the Violence King, and you're listening to the MEP Report. Enjoy, or I punch you. Let my home back in Omaha. See if I can make it out in the world. And I got as far as Wichita. Suddenly I wasn't sure anymore Lost all my friends in Los Angeles And I'm not welcome in New York But I must stop back in Omaha Where the fans, they always crying out for all right, in that case, welcome to Mep Report number 91, September 28, 2007. What's going on, all our peeps out there? What is up in the hood? Russ is playing uh, Darth yeah. Vader over there. He is. You're playing Darth Vader right now. That's a cool. Lots of deep breathing. Oh, was I breathing? Is that <laughs> yeah. that? yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> Russ, would you stop breathing? <laughs> that would be just really good if you could do that. <laughs> Russ, uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That just sounds sort of like... You know, that was like good, a, actually. Yeah. All right. I did that the other day in one of my classes. I was the making this... Vader. I was talking... <laughs> Vader's got a little spilkish. <laughs> I have some spilkish. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> the phlegm is strong with this one. Um, so, <laughs> I uh, I was teaching my Renaissance drama class last night, and uh, I was too. I was teaching them something about how something would have been performed. So one of my students said, "Well, is this the way that most Renaissance audiences would they have immediately known that just from watching it?" I was like, "Yeah, because it's part of the cultural lexicon." I said, "You know, it's like if I start doing this, and I start doing the." You so I started doing that, and for about two seconds, there was this complete blank look, and I was like, oh, God. And then all of them at once were like, oh, yeah, that's Star Wars. I'm like, oh, thank God. I was like, oh, no, cultural out of sync. You have gotten old. No one understands Star Wars. Oh, God. Yeah, you would have so, to fail everybody. If yeah, that happens. Like, you don't know what Star Wars is. You fail fantasy fiction. And, yeah, exactly. And at that point, I'd have to, like, just back out of the room slowly. I'm like, I'll be going. I'll send you your exam scores later. There are no exam scores. Never mind. I'm just, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was a little bit scary. So uh, so we want to welcome everyone in, and thank you for listening, as always. And, and Russ and I, before Clea um, came on, Russ and I have been engaged in a little bit of schadenfreude. Those of you out there will know that schadenfreude is the state of glorying in the misery of another. And uh, in this particular case, Russ and I, for different reasons... He was have also been in- a little-known Miller in the 17th century who did <laughs> yes. nothing of note. <laughs> Hello, Bill Schadenfreude. His Do you have your bread? Ernest, yes, sir. Ernest Schadenfreude. <laughs> he had a- making beer. <laughs> <laughs> he was a Miller who made beer? <laughs> yes. Hello, I'm Mill Beer. Well, that's his hobby on the side. His you know? hobby on the side. He mills the beer. <laughs> he's like a brew the beer, like a brewer. He makes, makes beer battered onion rings. That's how it all fits together. Okay, so. so fine. So he was of note because he milled beer, unlike all other brewers. Have you been to Ernest's Beer Mill lately? It's amazing. Oh, I love Ernest's Beer Mill. Oh, my God. Well, no, Schadenfreude in this case is actually the glory in the misery of beer is fermented by the power of wind. You love it. <laughs> I think he's a witch. Kill him! Yeah. Um, but uh, that's it's, where carbonation originally came from. Was from right. wind power taken into mills right. and infused into beer. 
right? by Millers. Whose names were? Which is Ernest Schadenfreude. <laughs> exactly, there you go. <laughs> Please create a Wikipedia entry for this man immediately. Do it now, Beth reporters. Do it now. <laughs> Ernest Schadenfreude. <laughs> little Mel Miller, who produced beer in the 17th century. And they'd be like, what's your so reference? I'm like, it's my family history, bitch. I don't need any reference. No, in fact, there's great joy in people's confusion at his beer mill. That's right. Hence and the term schadenfreude. And unfo- I was just going to say, like, unfortunately, his mill collapsed one year, and hence the term schadenfreude, because the other millers who did not right. do beer were happy to see his mill collapse. Yeah, no, schadenfreude, which is glorying in the misery of others, and misery of others. And Russ and I have been laughing because the New York Mets, this is in baseball, the New York Mets had a huge lead, basically without knowing a lot about baseball. They had a seven-game lead with 17 games to play, which means that basically if they all they had to do was win something like, I don't know, eight or nine of their 17 games, like just go 500, and they would hold on to win the division. Now, this is a team which has been in first all year. They proceeded to lose four, or sorry, 10 out of their next 14, and the team behind them got really hot and won all these games, which means that they're now tied. And Russ and I, for different reasons, now I kind of, I have a soft spot in my heart for the Mets, but I just find it so funny. As Clea knows, in my, since I live in New York and I'm a fan of the Red Sox and non-New York teams, my goal always is to have these teams lose so I can have great sports radio, because people will call it, oh, I can't, the stupid, just, I can't stand the team, and the blah, 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 right? And in this particular case, I, you know, so I, I'm not rooting for the Mets to lose, but it is just so freaking funny. <laughs> and I was wondering about that, like, is there a point beyond which the fans, because I heard one person call up, he's like, I just don't know what to do. Like, he sounded so despondent, he's like, I just feel like there, there just really isn't, really isn't any reason to, to have, to believe anymore. But it sounded like he was referring to his life, do you know what I mean? Like, not even his team, he's just like, I don't know why, why should I believe in myself sure that he was. anymore, you know? Is there a point sure where you're... Fa- I mean, one philosophy that I've always had, which relates to this, is if, if Story were here... He's a big fan of talking in more about than the in era of specialization. Because he's always here. And everyone only does one thing, and they do it well. Right. But the problem with that is if you only do one thing really well, and you're emotionally invested in it, and it's all you care about, and you're you know, working all, along, all day doing this sort of thing, then if that one thing goes wrong, then your life is in shambles, because you have nothing <laughs> to fall back on. Yes. Right. So, right. You know, for people for who example, lives... If Ernest Schadenfreude had not been good at milling beer, baseball, he would have been in trouble. That's right. right. Yeah, okay. Well, at least he could have used his mill for other purposes or just become a <laughs> okay. raving drunk. That's he had true. other options. Like, <laughs> But for people who, you know, completely lose themselves in sports, yes, it can be people can, you know, go to the verge of suicide from their team not doing well because right. they just don't have any context. Because nobody who is a sports fan, like, and I can relate to this because when I choose to, I get really into sports, <laughs> but there are no highs and lows in regular life that at all compare to when you're in emotionally invested in a sporting event. I mean, short of family members, like, dying or, you know, special, or becoming you know, president of the United States. Or like, the, like, no, I was trying to think I of the highs. Think that even, is that yeah. like, it's like a build, man. It's like a nine-month campaign. Like, you're sort of expecting <laughs> what it's going to be like the whole time. It's not like out of nowhere. You're, right. you're president. What? Right. Oh, my God. That's the equivalent, yeah. sure. Okay, how about it's like the, the Monopoly game at McDonald's, where you open it up, <laughs> and it's like the grand prize. <laughs> That's the and high. And you won a boat, and you have to pay lots of taxes on it, so you can't even really afford to keep the boat. And that's the low. So you have to sell it for like $68,000, which barely covers your college loans and right. you know credit card debt. And But it's really good for that few seconds when you open it up, and it's like boardwalk. And you're like, yes, I won! <laughs> By eating enough Egg McMuffins. Exactly. I'm good. Okay. 
Um, what were we talking about again? <laughs> I, I, was, I was watching you wander into the analogy. So the point is, if you're a fan who has all of your ideas, if you're all invested in a sport, that was basically what you're saying, and you fail at that sport, oh, yeah. then yeah, then you buy egg McMuffins. Yeah. I think that's where don't you were going. That. Yeah. The moral of the story. Is don't yeah. Do don't that be that. Bad. Don't be that guy. Well, but it's it's hard because obviously fan means it's short for fanatic, right? So if you're a fan, you're supposed to be committed to it, and we, you know, all three of us who have I sort of it was short for fantastic. <laughs> Fandango, oh, yeah. Um, but all three of us who have sort of East Coast sensibilities, all three of us, you know, especially I, I think we've all said that we, you know, care about things, <laughs> and then a lot of West Coast fans don't care. Like not all the Northwest fans care to a degree, but if you go mm-hmm. out to L, you know L.A. or one of these places. That we talked about before they don't really care about their sports teams so we to a degree like the fact that you know these games matter to people that's what gives it some passion and some interest like if no one really cared if you won or lost it wouldn't mean mm-hmm. as much it wouldn't have as much atmosphere but the side you know the, the yeah, other side of the that Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim Santa Cruz and right. uh, San Luis Obispo of the Golden State Warriors yeah but I mean from my point right. of view you know the downside of that is that you're creating this class of people whose lives literally will be shattered if the Mets blow and this would be the biggest blowing of a division lead in history. This no team has ever had that big a lead with that few games and blown it. So this could really shatter some people's lives. And I, I don't know. I mean, I just it just brings up the question and that's of bloody you know. hilarious. <laughs> but see, for the us, reality Schadenfreude. is beer for it's everyone. Not that this will shatter their lives. What it will do is bring the revelation to these people that the lives that they currently lead are already shattered and the thing that they distract themselves with do you mean they look around at the TV so and they're like oh that god it's no longer worth <laughs> sublimating to believe that they are the New York Mets or possibly affiliated somehow with the New York Mets or I mean, part of the wealth and goodness created by the New York Mets which they're not so the moment that that revelation hits that like wow even this thing that I thought was good that I associate myself with even that's crap and that's when the shit wow. Do you mean is is this like when fans is this like when fans God. use the term and I do it too when we use the term well all we have to do is if they have anything to do with it yeah, yeah well when we threw the ball down mm-hmm. when we dropped that ball in the in the end zone it's like what do you mean we you were you were drinking beer in the fiftieth row mm-hmm. like you didn't do anything you know but you know they they right. that that's I'm, I'm that identification by this know? concept by the concept of people associating with certain things. Like, you know, I complain about this all the time, that people associate themselves with their cars out here, and so they don't feel the same self-worth if they're not driving, like, a certain particular German model of luxury car. Because it's not just that they have this thing, but that somehow the qualities of the car, like craftsmanship and sleekness and coolness, is somehow transferred onto them, as, which is, of course, ridiculous. But people really believe that. And they associate themselves with objects, and they associate themselves with baseball teams. And then, you know, when your BMW gets pooped on or smacked up by another car, all of a sudden your life isn't so great anymore. Because, wait, now I'm just some crappy janitor. It's true. And they do the same thing with hair. Saved my life for a BMW, and now I have nothing. Now I have nothing. And that's what they do with hairstyles out there, right? And they did they associate themselves with everything but themselves. Maybe it's just project, you know, maybe it's just sort of a shield, you know, if if I can pretend I'm I am what I accessorize myself to be, then I don't have to worry about what I actually am. You know, I can focus on my iPhone and my, you know, I think part of it though is gadgets. is is the consumerism of our culture and the fact that we don't have like any kind of well, the claim is that we don't have any kind values. of inherent inherent American <laughs> values or culture that we have to be you know focus on our commercialism and our things. I think that yeah, I I think it is. I think a great deal of that comes from our culture. Whereas, although 
let me argue with myself for a second because I think that I think God, you're basically right. But I know that the, but I know that European soccer hooligans are possibly the craziest sports fans in the entire That's world. True. That's true. And they true. live yeah. in like the European laissez-faire culture of everything's cool. We'll take a five-hour lunch break. Nobody cares about anything. But I will slit your throat if like you know Real Madrid. <laughs> no, literally. Score no, I know. I'm. I, I know. It, it makes no sense. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to shoot the guy who had an own goal for the Colombian national team because he obviously deserves to die since he picked the wrong angle to kick the ball. This is it's, what happens. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's true, and it it so does. Maybe people are just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Which we've never talked about before on this show as a possibility. At least fifty percent. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe they're just idiots. I, I, I don't do, know, but I do it too. Maybe. Yeah, but you claim that you choose and you turn it on and off, and you are able to put it in perspective. I do. It's a conscious decision. I, I, I can take that out of it. Maybe it's a slightly higher level of dealing with this that I can turn it on and off. But when it's on, like, I will break any breakable object around me. If some, you know, disaster befalls the Yankees, I'm looking to do violent things to inanimate objects because I want to express rage based on something that has nothing to do with my life. So, but and can I ask I why you choose to do that, though? that fun. Oh. Yeah. Because it's fun. <laughs> yeah, we've had we've had this conversation with Russ before of like that it's either this or it's like him getting angry Fine. about something else life. So this is a nice way to channel his potentiality for violence. I see. Yeah, like what you don't want is for my competitive streak to mean now I'm going to become a lawyer and I'm going to make sure that I put right. this person in prison for 60 years because I can't lose this case. And that's what I would be like if well, I didn't do this. Well, right. so what right. about the fact that my, you've gone around? I have to channel this urge into games and tasks that don't mean anything just so that I don't have any desire to well I don't have any desire to ruin the lives of other people but my competitive urge could ignore that fact so I was just right. going to say yeah because your competitive urge I mean like you you talked about before you've joked about beating up other podcast owners and I'm not making this up you've you've joked about doing that you've joked about you know um sure. possibly hurting other well, comedians I've joked about a lot of things in my time Greg <laughs> yes <laughs> Whether With a competitive regard, or not, like, yeah, exactly. I've said some crazy shit here that you could bring back. If that, you want that's to. true. That's true. But my question is whether that is that competitive fire comes into it. And yeah, killing all the stupid and eugenics and basically you're Hitler when you're joking. But, I'm like, well, well, but you could argue that yeah. that competitiveness that we're talking about is why it's important to have like cooperative team things that you can use that on. Like, for example, you're joining up with a team. That's, I assume, one of the reasons you like the debate team was that was a team that you could band together with, and so you could get your competitiveness out while still cooperating with other people, right? And and the same thing would come into play in a lot of cases, yeah. right? So and, there and are positive uses of it. the lives of the people that we competed against. Like, I'm Usually. a big fan of things like camaraderie and friendship and teamwork and hanging out, and that's like one of my favorite things in the world. Right. But just the competitiveness in and of itself is also good, as long as we're not competing, you know, in a pit fighting arena where we kill each other with swords, because that's bad. Yeah. Similarly, I didn't become a litigator, because I don't want to kill people with swords. You know, the law. Oh, right. Kill okay. people yeah. with the law, Greg. <laughs> just, just checking. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, we're done here. That's right. right. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. So I just I just thought it was uh I just thought the whole Schadenfreude thing was was pretty funny with the Mets and we'll keep you updated if the game ends while the show is uh, show is going on. So I was just gonna say just to awkwardly continue the conversation now that I called it dead. Oh. <laughs> uh, that. Uh, I Proceed. mean, is there a solution to this for these people who you know they don't oh. have particularly exciting or interesting lives? Their lives revolve around sports. So, I mean, it seems like you have two extremes. Either you live a pathetically boring and uneventful and sad life, or 
you live a pathetically sad, boring, and uneventful life permeated with like moments of extreme excitement when your sports team does well. You know, combined with extreme depression when your sports team doesn't do well. Like, do you think that if we eliminated sports that people would find a reason to have more meaningful lives, or would they just find other distractions? I think they'd probably find other distractions, because my sense is that, you know, the people who, of course, do best of all are the ones who enjoy sports and have a good time with it, but then their lives are not dictated by it, and if their team loses, they feel bad, they can feel sometimes really bad, but then they get over it and they go back to the rest of their lives, you know, to their families and their, you know, friends and things that are really important, ultimately. But I think if you took sports away, I can see people sort of trying to find that competitive slash because it's also you know for a lot of people i mean we've all had the experience of being on teams and compete you know and doing that sort of thing but for the majority of people i think their experience of teams has been maybe through athletics or something like that and they generally don't get a lot of exposure you know most white throw said most people live lives of quiet desperation a lot of that is individual desperation they live lives by themselves and there are very few times that they can identify with something bigger than they are you right. know when you've got fifty-five thousand people people at Yankee Stadium, they're identifying with the Yankees. God knows why they would do that, but, um, but you know, they're identifying with, you know, with the baseball team. <laughs> and so, and they feel they're, they're sort of connected to that. And I certainly understood that, you know, when the Red Sox won the World Series in 2004, it was a great feeling. And I had all these people who called up, you know, and we actually went to the uh, part of that we saw the end of the parade in Boston. That was great, you know, and I wasn't like dictated. If they had lost, it wouldn't have been good, but it wouldn't have destroyed my life. But it was a great time. I have to say it was a lot of fun. And I felt like I was connected to a whole region like New England had watched and had this happen and that's great and that's the that's something which people who don't like sports are never going to really have the experience of enjoying they may feel connected to something larger than themselves in some regard but i think in our culture sports is one of the few ways that we can have that experience right you know so no, I agree. And I didn't mean to say that the only reason that I like baseball is because it makes it crazy and fun. Oh, like, well, right. I find that there's a great deal of beauty in the game. You know, I enjoy a million things about the game, like the fact that it's, I think we've talked about this before, that it's like an event-based game versus a time-based game. Yep. And I consider my life to be an event-based life as opposed to a time-based life. Like, I don't really live on the clock very much, but I do live by things that happen. And so, for that reason, I like baseball a lot. Mm -hmm. So, yes, there's a lot to like about baseball. But and all sports. I mean, I like I like say. football and college basketball, even though there's a time-based sport. But um, you know, but it's but it's still mm -hmm. sort of you know being together and feeling connected in that way. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Thank you. No which problem. Was, yeah, I, I was just stalling for time. Magical things that happen <laughs> during sporting events that like do not happen in normal life. For like, example, which, you know, if you got a hundred million people to go completely crazy, screaming and cheering for one thing, like peace. Let's say we get 100 million people together peace. cheering for peace the way that people cheer for the Mets or the Yankees. Then you would have peace. That's pretty much it would have to happen. You know, nobody would be able to stand that amount of fervor from that many people collectively <laughs> doing something. I just think, I just feel like, you know, I think that crowds can will teams to victory, like live, not from home with your crazy superstitions I, and wearing the hat back. No, I agree, I agree with at you. At the stadium, in, in the presence, they can will things to happen, and I believe that they can sort of uh, influence the outcome of games, and I think that on a larger scale, like, if people cared enough the way that they care about these fake things, these contrivances, like, they could affect the world in a way that they wanted to. The problem is, is people don't get as passionate about, you know, feeding people as they do about Derek Jeter. And why is that? 
Well, you know, and they try to make all these sports analogies like strike out cancer or, you know, let's swing, you know, get a hit, for, you know, get a hit for the homeless or whatever, you know, and, and they, they try to make all these sports analogies. But, you know, yeah, the problem is that fundamentally it's not something that people, it's not that they don't care about it as much. See, this gets back to this discussion we had about the dog fighting thing. It's not that people don't care about other stuff except dog, you know, all they care about is dog fighting. It's just that that's one of the things that's sort of most connected to our culture and is easiest for us to deal with you know because like if i go to a game and we're all cheering together like ultimately we don't have much control over the outcome but we can have somewhat of an influence on the home team or you know whatever and we can feel like we were part of something and while you're it's almost like your particular opinions about things are limited by the event that you're at so i can be sitting next to someone who i completely disagree with politically who i think is an idiot when it comes to you know the policies that he wants to put into place or something like that but we both happen to be red sox fans and that's what we're going to talk about while we're at the game. So that sports provides an avenue for people who would otherwise like not even be in the same, you know, same room as each other because of, you know, how far apart they are in their opinions and beliefs about life. So it also provides an avenue for people so to get in contact in a number of different ways, you know. The only way for this to work is if we can organize like food rallies by regional teams have a very easily understandable set of rules so that everyone knows who's winning at any given time. Right. Have it all either televised or localized to like a stadium or an arena of some kind. Right. And then <laughs> so make that it very exciting. Sit together and watch the people feeding the children. <laughs> and then yeah, have it be like incredibly athletic. See the problem like you is have though to throw a hot dog, you know, uh, seventy yards into a poor child's mouth. Well that's what I was just about to say. The, the problem times. is that like if we fail, then the children don't get fed, and kind of failure is a part of sport, right? Like, oh, Bobby's not going to get his hot dog today. Like, that would add to the excitement, but it also means little Bobby doesn't get a hot dog. Yeah. Like, ultimately... And imagine the minor leagues. You know? You, you know how many kids you're going to have to ship in there to starve to death before these guys get good at this athletic feeding company? And somehow, why is it that somehow has come back to... That's the exact same kind of point he made with the dog fighting thing. <laughs> the minor you to, leagues. You have to bring in the, you know, the strays off the street. To, why are they calling him up? He only fed 40% of the little children he had an option to do down in the farm. Well, 40%'s not bad, you know. Stop recognizing <laughs> patterns in my humor. Fuck. We've got the key. Oh, no. Oh, my God. That's pretty funny. You know the secret. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, you know. I've got nothing now. Well, there was, you know. giving away anything else. <laughs> the rest of the time, Russell will be like, bread. Bread. Well, in, okay. in the... The belief system, the belief system that believes in in energy and the interconnectivity of of us all, on that on that plane, it does actually believe that uh, the power of affirmations, the power of uh, affecting uh, change, and uh, so they would say that it is possible. They, there are there are people that, that, that these these types of organizations do actually hold rallies where all they do is they all come together and unify their energy on a particular topic like peace like you know we've mapped about this before this very subject when, when did we a map about that a long time ago over a year ago when we looked at that extremely weird web page that was like the I don't even remember what it was called it was like the, the world egg project where you have all these different meters around the world oh, like good and bad vibes yeah 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 that? and it was like and MIT some of the did it or something that they studied, like yeah yeah, and some I think it was some of the events that they studied were like these collective meditations where people would like coordinate and meditate right. around the world for peace yeah, all yeah. at the same time yeah. to see if they could do anything. Yeah, I mean technically that's what that's what monks do is they meditate and pray. 
and that's that's what they're doing. They're focusing most of their day on meditation and prayer to affect change, and that's what technically a lot of um, nuns and priests do. Is there is a, a certain portion, if not most of their day, uh, spent in meditation and prayer. But the key is to coordinate it. I mean, this is one of the things where the internet would be most useful, mm-hmm. right? Where you could literally get. I mean, can you imagine if you got all the monks? All the priests, all the nuns, all the rabbis, all the... Um, I don't think rabbis do it, Greg. Oh, they don't pray? Well, no. Okay. <laughs> rabbis. Oh, oh, all the, They've got things to do. Oh, Jesus. They've got to put matzah on the table. Oh, my they God. Are not in oh, can I tell you, the Jews were out tonight, Russ. The Jews are out tonight in Riverdale. Yeah, all oh, yeah. today, yeah, because what is it? It's, oh, this is, is a holiday? It's I was th- driving to work. Yeah, it's and the day of joy. Back and forth to synagogue. I don't... Yeah, it's the day is of it joy. Yom it's Kippur um, or something? No, no, I it's not Yom Kippur. It's I the day of joy. the day of joy. <laughs> Damn it. Why do I always have to be miserable and then the day of joy was that day? And in fact, in fact, yeah. I think you're supposed um, to be joyful. If you're not joyful, you did something wrong. I was hearing about this yesterday. God's pissed at you. Be you joyful. But you keep crapping on me. Shut up and like it. This is what I deserve okay. to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Clea, so are you making the argument that without all of the monks and priests and uh, nuns in the world that we would really be in a sorry state? Like, are they basically keeping the lid on all of the, the Pandora's box type stuff that could happen to us? Um, no, would be that much crappier. I wasn't making that point, but that is some, a conclusion but that good you could point. make. <laughs> because that, that <laughs> is just, technically, I mean, what that's what they do. That's their their life is spent in um, in in creating that balance, that energetic balance, and they believe that they're you mm. know that as time goes there'll be more people that are more conscientious and and they have have been affecting change. They feel that they have been affecting change. Things are progressing. Things are getting better, and uh, they just need to continue. Which you know again, it's are there like. Um Dungeons and Dragons, anti-paladins and devil worshippers and evil people who spend all day meditating for bad things to happen? Yes. Well, yeah. There are Satan worshippers that, that do... Well, they would that say do, that they're not meditating for bad, they though. they for bad things to happen. No. They just claim that Satan's Satan misunderstood. They just say that Satan's misunderstood. Yeah, Literally. Remember when I told well, you about not, this? They, they don't, I probably told this story They're not before. waiting for bad... No, I mean, they're not waiting for bad things, but they are praying for, you know, the rise of, of Satan in that energy. They're they are praying tra- for, like, money and, like... It's like the secret. The secret and devil worship, not devil worship, but Satanism. Satanism and the secret is exactly the same thing. Yeah. Because the secret teaches you that you, all you need to think about and hope for are like the new car and the new house and like money. Well, and, you know, yeah, right. Wealth. The concept is... is basically... You mean because it's superficial things? Well... I mean, overall, yes, you could hope for other things, but specifically what the secret preaches is like you should be sitting there hoping for a new bicycle because that's all you really well, want. Well, you know, actually, a new bicycle. Actually, Christian, thing. some Christians would disagree with you. There is uh, a movement called the Prayer of uh, Prayer. Ah, the Prayer of all. <laughs> that's one of my favorite prayers. Is it uh, Prayer of the Memorable Jareb or something? There's a prayer, of, but what it is is that he—it's a prayer. He is literally asking God to give him things, and the concept is if you don't ask uh-huh. God, he can't give it to you. And God does want to enhance your life; he does want to give you things that are going to bring you joy. But you have to ask, and the concept is is that if you do ask, and he does bring this to you, then you know it makes your life more fruitful, and you will, it, and then you will mm-hmm. make others' lives and the world more fruitful. So all you have to do is ask. And so there, there is actually Christian faith. I mean, that's what a lot of tele- televangelists say, right? Is, is yes, do pray for mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. If you pray, 
you know, and, there, and there's Buddhist sects too will say, you know, when you're doing, you know, nam myoho renge kyo, think about, you know, that you want to be able to buy a new car, and so think about it, contemplate it, and then a way will, will, will happen. Well, I accept that. My argument is just that they're doing the exact same thing that the Satanists are doing. Yeah, no, and I would agree with that. Same, same process. I, I, would, I would agree with that, except, yeah. I mean, I guess I, I don't know much about the dark arts, so I don't know if... <laughs> which I'm glad to, glad about, by the way. Which I, so I, <laughs> I'm, I'm talking I'm about witchcraft. I'm talking about the silly Satanists that exist now. Oh. They're basically like... Okay, but no, I but you a asked... a coworker a, yes, but I, at, at like 18 who was a Satanist, uh-huh. and he was like, well, basically half of it is rejecting Catholicism, and then the other half is being really hedonistic and being right. like, I want to have sex with 19 women, so why shouldn't I? Right, right, right. Yeah, no, no, see, that that's... Sort of stuff. Right, no, that's, and that's not what I was talking about, because I thought you were asking, is there an equivalent on the other side? You know, are there... Um, monks oh. that are, are trying to channel, you know, domination and not peace, not balance, not you know, I- imbalance. Are they? And I'm not aware of. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is that, that the people who would do that. The problem is that groups that would do that, you know, because we're not talking about the Satanist groups. Te- you know, people worship. Like for example, there are people who hope that the world will be consumed in chaos. Right? The anarchists believe this. The problem is that by definition, the anarchists can't be very well organized. Right? Like because <laughs> by definition, you know, you can't you can't organize anarchy. So they just pray for it at random times. They, they just hope it will all sync up. Days. They're like, all right, I hope it happens. Joe, are Come you on, hoping it happens? Screw up, screw up, screw up. Ooh, TV. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh. Sure, shiny things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, random. <laughs> Thank God for us that the anarchists are really bad at reading like about anarchy. Surrealists. <laughs> <laughs> like, everything's an anarcho. Look, magazines are ripping up in space. I like Dada art. I, I like Dada art, too. Yeah. You, would you like an omelet? What? I thought you said you like Dada art. Oh. Well, there is the chaos theory. I I hate Dada Art, but you just said you like it. Nipshin flambridu. Was that English? Exactly. I love that this is your definition of anarchist. Like an anarchist is basically a schizophrenic. Right. You can't hold a conversation with an anarchist. They're just insane. They're basically like Roger Rabbit is an anarchist. He's a perfect example. Right, Roger Rabbit. I mean, yeah, but uh, to to tell uh, a, to tell a funny story. Beetlejuice story. is an anarchist, actually. Beetlejuice is an anarchist. Think about it. Absolutely. Right. I tell a funny story of of, um, of an example of of how people can th- though misinterpret the, the the people that we were talking about, the monks, you know, that dedicate their whole lives. I think it was around September 11th, actually. Um, when September 11th happened, and Shirley MacLaine, who you know is well known for believing in past lives, and she is a, a follower of the energetic plane, and she was quoted as saying, "Well, if we could just all send white light, you know, meditate and send white light towards the Middle East, that's what we should be doing right now." And out of context, everyone like I think I I heard it through I think um, Howard Stern. Yeah, everyone's like, "What? What the?" F- Freaking Fruit Loop are you? But the concept is, is that's what you do. Is you focus. It's a. It's it's the form of prayer. You're focusing white purifying energy, white light towards that area to bring peace and calm. Mm-hmm. And that was her concept. But of course, it sounds just <laughs> utterly ridiculous. Yeah, well, especially coming from Shirley MacLaine, <laughs> like, who doesn't yeah. actually have a record of stability I to work from. I thought we were supposed to use compact fluorescent light now, <laughs> as opposed to the. <laughs> 
the old type of white light because it's not environmentally sound. They say, and also so said like fluorescent light brand through your brain. You prayers, mean? right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but fluorescent light isn't a That's good a kind very of light. Good I heard point. it's not good. It's a very good point. For yourself. Compact fluorescent uses one sixth the energy of normal but it's not good white light. No, but it's so not it's good for reading or your brain. There have been there have been studies about that. The fluorescent light is bad for your eyesight. Well, so they'll have worse eyesight. They'll, they'll, that means they'll miss brain. they'll miss the towers next time, Greg. No big deal. <laughs> nice. <laughs> this is the one example of eyesight in human history where it comes in handy. It's the terrorist attack on 9-11. Tremendous. You sound like someone from Fox News, Clear. You're like, and you see? Because we let these people have corrective eye surgery. This is why what happened we're you in give the them glasses. Uh, oh, well, what? you know, speaking of that, what speaking of that. What do you mean? Glasses have done lots of good. Did you hear yeah. that Spitzer, for those of that you don't know, is the governor of New York. Elliot Spitzer. Has overturned or reinstated the ability for illegal immigrants to get driver's license. A right that was taken away from them shortly. In New York State? Yep, shortly after 9 11, when there were concerns that it was because of things like that that made it easier for them to do 9 11. Because next is the cars. They're going to take the cars and drive them into the towers. But he has passed. Apparently. He's he's um, it, it's it's not even law like he doesn't have to go through Congress like he's allowing it, so now um, possibly up to five hundred thousand people will be able to get driver's license in the concept that it will save, you know, thirty four million dollars in or something mm-hmm. in insurance premiums and it will cut yeah. down on accidents and and also will be able to track them better yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, to my world. Yeah, so. <laughs> Los Angeles, <laughs> where everyone driving is an illegal immigrant. <laughs> well, although it, actually there are eight states that it didn't, like, it didn't, didn't mention. It didn't mention California. There's eight states that allow it, and California's not mentioned. That's odd. Oh, we don't allow it. No, it's true. We don't allow. It. We just everyone just drives. Right. They don't need a license. They just drive. Right. And that's the concept of insurance without a license. Right. And, and Whatever. Do you got an illegal immigrant? Is the governor there? That's what, what increases the uh, insurance premiums. <laughs> He's not illegal. He made many profitable feature films with automatically naturalized. <laughs> yeah, yeah really he's also married. Yeah, he's. I'm sure he's, he's a green card by now, Greg. Come on. I see. Hmm? Oh, that's true. Well, I mean, he's the freaking governor. You'd think. Yeah. That he. They would. They would have figured all that out, Greg. I guess so. They would have figured all that out. <laughs> well, just don't don't come running. Don't come crying to me when Austria invades California. That's all I gotta say. When when Russ is hanging out in the How Wehrmacht. Did get from white light to illegal immigrants. Was that was that a, an official segue? Because I, I think it was. Right? I I know that it made sense when I did it. Yeah. But I don't remember how I did it. It was logical at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how it happened Elliot either. Elliot sir. He is a white light is guy. Sort of a, I don't. Again, evil you'll, you'll have to, re- to rewind. You'll have to rewind. <laughs> you know, actually, um, the reason I know okay. about this is I, 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 people, my fans that know me, um, will say, Cleo, where is this coming from? We thought you don't read the news. Well, I've started. Cleo, where is this coming from? You don't read the news. Does this mean you're a fan of mine, honey? Yeah, of course. You don't read the news. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Freaking crazy! What have you, you done with my wife? You, you read the news. <laughs> Silly. You read, read the, the news, news like you speak sign language. Um, <laughs> yeah. But there's this uh, one of the offices from the finger elbow. <laughs> neck. Yeah, exactly. I forgot to tell you, Russ, but I actually I do that joke now. Oh, yeah. <gasps> yep. You took my material on stage. Yep. Oh, you better ask permission it's next mine. time, baby. It's Can't mine. It's mine. It's mine, baby, because I it came from my thing. Her it name came is from my thing. Shit. Her name is Cleo Mencia, Russ. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
That's good shit. Yeah, it is. Wow. I'm getting royalties on that. Well, when you get out here, she'll stop doing the joke. When you come out here, I'll stop doing it. <laughs> in the meantime, you're just co- you're coasting it. That's all. That's right. And that will be like, why did you steal Clea's joke? You just moved into the city and started ripping off material. <laughs> what the hell? You'll never work in this town again. Oh. In the meantime, you're, like, you're a friend like any other where if you say something that comes out of one of the jokes I'm working on, I take it. There you go. That's it. So, you were saying... And the joke that you were, happened to be working on was speaking sign language. No, that's the sexy prisoner's joke. <laughs> oh, okay. She, she, she's having a hard time. She's like, sex, use true. the sign language to, it was to play basketball? Sexy prisoner. Yeah. No, use it to drive? No. Uh, what were we talking about? We were talking, you were saying something about the reason I know about all this is... Oh, is that there's this guy in... Um, I don't. It's one of the, the commissioner's uh, offices... That will compile... This is the Commissioner of Health, not Police Commissioner Gordon, for those of you following along at home. No, actually, the Commissioner of Human Services. Oh, Resources Administration, Public Assistance. Okay. Actually, it's called Cash Assistance now. He's changed. Cash Assistance? No longer Public Assistance. We just give people cash? Cash Assistance now. Ten dollars for every poor person. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not a public entity, right? <laughs> Have some they're cash. It's to be more specific. Private cash. Anyway, Hi, I'm Johnny Cash. Um, I need twenty bucks. <laughs> and he will, he will like compile. Me twenty bucks. Okay, <laughs> have twenty bucks. <laughs> it's been private cash. You've had assistance done. Ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. That's about actually how it, how it happens. I walked um, into a th- So fine. he compiles articles from all of these news- newspapers, puts them all in a PDF file, and then sends them out. So we get to see like all the different things where the you know c- different city agencies are mentioned for that day or that week or something Ooh. like that. And it's all in a PDF file, so I can just print it out with you know the city's paper and the taxpayers' money. And then I don't get ink on my fingers from the newspaper. It's perfect. Oh, so your excuse for previous ignorance is schmutz. Right. I would rather be ignorant than have ink on my fingers. Yes. Because it's really messy. Yeah. Schmutz. And when you're on the subway, what, what am I supposed to do? There's no sink on the gateway subway. Gateway to ignorance. <laughs> schmutz is the gateway to ignorance. Oh, this, you know what? I'm going to give everyone a great stock tip slash vision of the future because of this conversation. Okay. Okay. Because of this problem, not only schmutz, but the idea of like lugging papers and books around, the next big invention, and I think it'll come along maybe three or four years, maybe sooner, is basically a tablet that you carry with you that has pages that turn. It looks like a book. It's blank. And basically, you can program in anything you want into your book. So if you want to read the daily paper, the daily print just shows up on the pages of your book. Uh, if you want to read a particular book you've downloaded off of, like, the super free library that exists, because Google's compiling that right now, then that goes into your book. And so basically, these little tablets are going to be like the iPod of, you know, 2012 or something. So like it's that. like an e-book, but That's it's with pages? Thing. It's an actual book. It's an e-book, but with yeah. pages. So instead of trying to read some crappy screen and, like, squinting your eyes and it sucks and you have to have a battery charge, like, these are all going to be extremely low um, electricity usage. They're all going to be, like, either LED-powered or some other technology that requires very little energy. And then, you know, it would be like a USB. Like, you just plug it into your computer. And it feels you like a book. whatever text you want. And then, yeah, and it feels like a book, and it shows up as text, and then it disappears. And uh, there are a couple companies working on that, one of which I've heard is Sony, and they might be leading right now. And there are a couple other ones that are sort of working out the different styles of way to do this. But is this the kind of thing where you're going to get caught investment opportunity. and like, thrown into a white-collar prison by the FEC for doing this? Right. This has nothing to do with anything in my, at my work. This is my own idea. Okay. 
I've had this idea since before I worked for my place, and like <laughs> obviously other people have too, like the people who are actually developing the technology to do this. Did, you seem to be <laughs> also had this idea. Somewhat, you seem to be a little <laughs> sensitive about intellectual property issues in this show, Russ. Why is it? Like that's my, that's mine too. You stole that. It was my idea to hit the ball with a stick. Why is he, Why are you doing idea. that? And that's just bullshit. <laughs> beer, milling beer. Why are you milling beer? That was my idea. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I'm just saying okay. like that. If you right. read an article and you find that a particular company is about to release this sort of thing, then dump all your money into it because that's the next big thing. I would not do that Absolutely. because the tablet and Boom. the ebook were so such failures. No, but the reason they were failures is because you had to squint mm -hmm. your eyes, you needed a battery, and it didn't feel like a book. That really is why it was a failure. No, yep. I know that's why you think it was a failure. A book. Pages. Pages. <laughs> Pages. Where you think people don't want to read? <laughs> you know how many of those crappy Harry Potter books they printed out? It's true. They printed out like a freaking Amazon rainforest. No, people still want to read books. <laughs> that all could be transferred to some people's That's true. tablets. That's true. No, people people still want to read. In fact, you could argue that the text messaging thing has gotten more people into reading, although in the wrong way, because it's all about OMG and LOL and BRB and, you know, yeah. WTF and all that stuff, mm -hmm. you know? G to G. So look out for that, okay. that listeners. So Keep that in mind. Don't ever say I didn't do you any favors. So there was another, th there there was another thing that... program brought to you secrets. by the MEP stock report. There was another thing that was said um, <laughs> that, uh, that came out of the articles that yes. I wanted to share with you guys. What's that? One is, uh, is not from the article. It's from the uh, Mayor Bloomberg's release of the Mayor Management Report. I don't know if most people get copies of this, but I think you can get it if you go to nyc.gov. But as city workers, we got it. So for our Omaha listeners who are really like pumped up about this, you and can it will check it say out. things like Ooh. you know it says it's like six pages or something like that, and it, it it's broken up into categories of public safety, quality of life, education, that kind of stuff. So it says things like you know indicators of street homeless population declined, and then it will say a few sentences to explain that infant mortality rate continues to decline, and it says a few, and, and then. With one thing that I thought was particularly interesting is in public safety, it says crime is down, homicides decreased, a, f a major felony crime decreased, response times to crimes decreased, fire fatalities decreased. All of these things are decreased, okay? The one thing that has increased is complaints concerning police officers rose. The Civilian Complaint Review Board received an estimated of 7,662 complaints about alleged police officer misconduct, misconduct in fiscal 2007. So in other words, all these things decreased because because the police officers were like, yeah, free raid for cops. Say hey, you, are you looking at me sideways? In jail. Yeah. Hey, you, are you looking at in jail? There, were, there, were no, there was no crime because everyone who could commit a crime had been arrested or right. thrown in jail. Exactly. It's a good way to do and it. We note that in fascist societies, these several <laughs> crimes have all decreased. However, the complaints about the behavior of the fascist SS exactly. increased exponentially. Are you suggesting yes. there's a similarity? That's not surprising No, at all. come yeah, on now. Exactly. Okay. That, I'm suggesting that Rudy Giuliani started this right. about Ten years right. ago. Okay. Then the second thing I wanted to mention was an article in the New York Post. Okay, because and I know because I know how you love the New York Post, and also it fits with that. The yeah, New York Post has done this exclusive, okay, article. Uh, oh, the New York Post. Well, right. I like the New York Post. Right. Right. I read that with the bowl of borscht. Right. <laughs> City workforce. Milk right. beer. So the title is <laughs> the title is City Workforce: A Rogues Gallery. Right. Okay, uh -huh. and the concept is it's talking uh -huh. it's talking about all of the city employees that have committed crimes and and how they can st they still keep their jobs and blah 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 blah. But one thing that was that was really interesting is Clea, who's right on the top of the list. <laughs> and this woman and Clea's like ah, it's like she's on the vet report. Stolen <laughs> met material. Enemy number one. Oh, Enemy damn. of the state. Yeah. Oh 
well, it does actually re- it does actually mention that since 2004, every new city employee has been um, fingerprinted. And that's true. I was fingerprinted. Um, uh-huh. But uh, before so we stole those from the liquor store, Cleo, what the hell? Yeah, I know. So this says the post review of arrest records and agency data also shows that at least 80 of the 418 city workers locked up this year were NYPD employees. <laughs> they include I Officer wow. Harry Rupnerine, who allegedly but, killed okay. his former fiance with his 8 millimeter service Glock when she yelled at him, Get away from me, I hate you. Well, because... Yeah, you should never yell that at a person with a gun. <laughs> whose name you is Rupperine. Come closer to me. I love you. Now I will take your gun and shoot you in the knee. <laughs> exactly. You should never say that to someone whose name is Rupperine. Anyway, he's already oversensitive, right, right? right? Like, you just want to be like, oh, Ruppy, shut up! <laughs> and it also says, some jail guards spent more time behind bars than they did in front of them. 29 uniformed members of the correctional department have been arrested in the last two and a half months since July 1st. 29 uniform members have been arrested. Wow. Well, I mean, to be fair, these guys are great candidates for to be prison guards. They have on-the-job experience. <laughs> They've been apprenticing for, like, five to seven years. Like, they know what goes on. So, clearly, I mean, where else are they going to work? On the outside? <laughs> Why would they want to work there? That's I a see. very interesting point, Russ. Yes, interesting would be the word I would use for Seriously. it as well. Imagine if I walked into Investor's Business Daily and I was like, well, I don't have any direct experience with this job, but I have been sitting in your sales room for the last six years. I wasn't allowed to move, but I did observe everything that you guys did. They're like, Jesus, amazing. You're hired. That's, well, isn't that the equivalent, the semi-serious equivalent of the Holiday Inn commercials? Well, know, but I'm I not an expert, but I did stay at Holiday Inn. Like, let's take something totally unconnected and unrelated and just assume that, you know, right? Why? Well... But it's not. If, like, Holiday Inn had, like, tutorial services on, like, you know, piloting a plane, then, yes, you could walk into, I stayed at a Holiday Inn where they teach you everything. But not just because you got a bargain. Their argument is, I'm smart enough to get a bargain, therefore I can do anything, which is a little bit of Oh, I thought their point was you got such a good night rest, you could do anything. No, no, no. The idea being, you know, I'm smart because I stayed at a Holiday Inn. And anyone who stays at a Holiday Inn is freaking smart. I'm so thrifty, I'm a nuclear physicist. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so thrifty that I wrote of mice and men. I really wonder... I'm so thrifty, I'm Shakespeare. You guys, I really think you're wrong. I really think that it was that you got such a good night's sleep, you're able to do anything. No. That's the point. No, no, no. The point is that you made you wow. had such a good deal no. that you had that you know you're smart enough because that's the whole point. Maybe it's like this commercial. We need to figure this out. Constructed mixed message. Mixed message. Who the hell would interpret this commercial on the internet? Okay, somebody, somebody probably did. We can. <laughs> yeah, there has <laughs> to be some. Everything is on the internet. Why don't we look at Wikipedia? Holiday Inn Express ad has been controversially identified <laughs> with the two following interpretations. <laughs> Are you telling me some moron made up a web page about the Holiday Inn ad inner meaning of why it's supposed to be clever? And we're like, actually, six people did that. All right. You're right. What the heck, travel hero? Wait, what are you ho- doing? You have to I'm enter in for commercial. Holiday Inn- there we go. Right the- there. Holiday Inn Express. What? They're going to see it on Look, their website? Look, clear, clear, clear. Stay smart. <laughs> Our cross-country quest for them? smart has begun. The smart show. <laughs> smart Mart. Are you sensing a pattern here? Yeah, so? Smart. The point is that you're smart, not that you got a good night's sleep. The point is that you're smart. That's why you stayed there. It's so interesting. Stay smart. 
Okay. Here's a thread from a message board supposedly discussing okay. discussing this. Okay. One day at a local buffet, a man suddenly called out, My son's choking. He swallowed a quarter. Help, please, anyone help. A man from a nearby table stood up and announced that he was quite experienced at this sort of thing. He stepped over with almost no look of concern at all, wrapped his hands around the boy's gonads, and squeezed. Out popped the quarter. The man went back to his table as though nothing had happened. Thank you, thank you, the father cried. Are you a paramedic? No, replied the man. I work for the IRS. Why was that? Ladies there? and gentlemen. And nobody even responded to that. that no, what is what's the no response going to be? <laughs> Everyone is like, let's just let this pass. Please let this pass. I think the response is wah wah. Why wasn't there a wah wah? Little, little symbol hit, maybe. Yeah. So is the game over now, Greg? Has the, have the bets officially lost? Nope, it's That's the bottom the of the ninth. It's the bottom of the ninth. That's what's happening. I appreciate that. Well, I guess you guys uh, are right. Kill the Mets. Die Mets. I mean, I just... That's so funny. That's so funny. I totally saw it in a completely Why? different... Nobody in the, else in the world weighs in on this. We win by two to one. Well, I appreciate... No, that's a good point. I mean, you guys might be wrong still. I shouldn't give up so easily, but it's very interesting. I totally had a different take because I think there's also something that does come out of the commercials around like because they talk about you know like the comfort of the rooms and getting a good night's sleep so I think that's why I might have gotten that misimpression but that's interesting no stay smart it's even trademarked wait can we at least get the brand right was it Holiday Inn or was it something Holiday else? Holiday Inn Express. I'm looking right. at the webpage right now. I'm looking at the webpage right now. So that's what he's talking about. Right oh, okay. He says, stay Holiday smart. Stay smart. It's, it's trademark. Smart offers. It's all over the, the smart world. Smart show. Too. Our cross-country quest for but smart has begun. Smart. Smart Mart. Why Not only that, not only that, Greg. Simply smart guest bathroom. They have trademarked smart because they have free express. They trademarked smart. You're right. They have no, it's stay smart. See how it's capitalized? Stay is capitalized too. It's stay smart. Yeah, but look here. It doesn't say why. Look here. They've trademarked. No, because see, that's express start. Yeah, let me finish, Greg. Yeah. They've trademarked Stay Smart. They've trademarked Free Express Start for the breakfast bar. They've trademarked Simply Smart for the guest bathroom. Yeah. I mean, they've trademarked everything that has to... The Smart Show, that's been trademarked. So we can't switch the MEP report to the Smart Show, which is unfortunate, <laughs> because that's clearly our next option. We're going to go right there. Wow, they've, I, they've been busy. Trade Stupid USA Today. I found a full-page USA Today article just about how much people love this campaign, this commercial campaign. Right. But at no point in the article does it discuss why these people are smart. It's just assuming, because they're smart, they stay at a Holiday Inn. But what makes them smart? Why are they smart? Damn it. Is it possible they have also not analyzed this fully in the halls of Holiday Inn? They're like, well, you know, it's because you... They obviously have not thought this out. They just sort of assumed, you know, one way or the other. Uh, we have to call them up and ask. I guess so. I can't believe this. What does this mean? They'll the be like, page, uh, They don't even analyze it. Yep, yep. Fascinating. Damn. Yep. All right, well, listeners, you're going to have to weigh in and let, let us know. Yeah, let us know, listeners out there. What do, what do you guys think uh, this is all about? Do you interpret the commercial as being because you're smart, because you stayed there, because you get a good deal, or because you get a good night's sleep, so you're smart because you're not tired? Maybe... Holiday and Express chains are owned by the Riddler, and he's using that reverse brain-sucking machine that he used in Batman Forever uh-huh. on residents as they sleep in their beds, well, yeah. therefore giving them extra smarts right, from people who stay at other hotels. Because right, the concept is, is they don't say, hey, I, I, you know, I stay at Holiday Inns. The concept is, I stayed at a Holiday Inn last night. That's what made me smart, because I chose to stay there oh. as opposed to my friends. So it's the, that's why that's you why it was the yeah sleep, because because they're specific to what I did last right. night. Right, I stayed at a Holiday Inn last night, 
So the concept is, if they were inherently people that will stay in s- Holiday Inns, then... What? Well, wait, wait. Maybe it's different when may, there's even another wrinkle. What if it's actually, I stayed like, at Holiday Inn Express last night, and the key is that they stayed, they didn't leave in the middle of the night, you know? They didn't go wander right. around to different places. They stayed there. Because while they stayed... The Riddler. They, like, had sex with John Travolta from the movie <laughs> Phenomenon, and he taught them all the things that he'd learned in his journey of becoming more intelligent wow. from some weird brain tumor. And Someone's on his game tonight. And they became smarter. Hello, analogy. Really? I'm just trying to think of things, the stories where people got freakishly smart. Okay, how about flowers? They did the flowers for Algernon surgery on everyone that stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last So they all lost it after after that. a few weeks, too? Is that what happened also? Yeah. Well, if they don't stay there enough, then they... Then they hey. No losing. Smart. So to stay smart, you have to keep staying in Holiday Inn Express. Well, yeah, I mean, that would be... And that you become Tom <laughs> Baudet. That fits. That would fit my... Because my it's only last night. Right. We'll leave the light on for you because like, you're going to be too stupid to find it anyway. Last day. <laughs> yeah. Now you can only understand Three days out from music. your hotel room stay, you're crashing the plane into the building. Like, you're failing at resuscitating the man. So you're like, I stayed in a Holiday Inn Express last Wednesday. I used to be better at <laughs> right, this. Right, they don't, they don't wow. say, I chose Sorry. Holiday Inn. You know, they, they say, I stayed at a Holiday Inn last night. I.e., I slept on the great bed. That was such a I, smart choice, though. Because if they hadn't done that, if they hadn't stayed at the Holiday Inn Express... And they ate the magical buffet sausages right. that make you they smarter. They ate the, breakfast, the smart breakfast. start. Oh, there are no silly buffet things. Yeah, the free breakfast bar that they say. Still. <laughs> Continental breakfast makes you smarter. It has a cinnamon bun as a picture. So wait, does that mean that if you're staying there because your flight is delayed and you spend like five hours in the middle of the day that you don't get smarter because you didn't go overnight? No, right. While you were staying exactly. there? Exactly. And again, it depends on how Damn. long you stayed. Got it all figured staying out. Staying critical. I spent the night at a Holiday Inn. And it's always Express. Holiday Inn Express. It's key. Wow. Well, what can I say? <laughs> I, I'm speechless. Really, I'm getting a headache from Greg, you know, refreshing this website every see whether or not. five, it, one second. <laughs> Learn more. <laughs> reply to this thread from 1999. <laughs> Please what reply. What does this mean? The guy returns eight years later. Oh, my God. Well, yes. weren't you watching something? Oh, and you're like, yeah, somebody tell him what it means. Russ, weren't you watching something earlier before the show started about brainwashing people into believing, you know, the whole, I stayed a holiday in, so I'm smarter? Weren't you? Do we have time for this? Well, yeah. Well, you, you have time as long as it's not a 20-minute deal. Okay. We got, we got you know, about 10 minutes, five, five, ten yeah. minutes. Yeah. Before we started, I was watching a propaganda video that was given to me when I bought falafel sandwiches uh, for lunch. Which is great, by the way. <laughs> That's the best part com- of the story. You can stop right there. That's our show. Where you get the falafel We'd like to thank you for listening. And you get a side of fries <laughs> and a Zionist propaganda DVD. Nice. It was a happy meal. But if you get a drink, it's, a it's either meal. The, you either get a shake or the Zionist propaganda <laughs> nice. DVD. You can't get both. Oh. I, was like, well, I don't need the extra gluten right. or fat, so I'm going to go with the Zionist propaganda DVD. And I just watched it for the first time. And it was awesome. It had the theme to 24 that they totally stole and just put it in their video of, like, homemade reasons why God wants this to be Armageddon. Okay. How long was it? Reason number four on why God believes that this is... It was, like, 20, 25 wow. minutes. I mean, I skipped through most of it, so it could have been longer. Okay. One of the main reasons why God is telling us that this is the end of days is because of the bird flu epidemic, which, quote, killed many chickens. Yes. And therefore, if this many chickens die, it must be Armageddon. Because as the chickens <laughs> really? go, is that in so the Bible? goes the earth. Is that in the Bible, the first stage? I, I, I remember the chickens locusts. Die. I don't remember, and the chickens will die of, of the flu. I think... 
I missed that one. It's the well, it's the four horsemen of the apocalypse, but they're actually the following chicken. a flock of chickens because <laughs> the fifty-five thousand chickens, the apocalypse. Chickens? <laughs> yes. Horses it's don't the, eat the Armageddon chickens. The flock of chicken will be followed Look, by the, the horsemen of the apocalypse. Eat chickens. They're meat eaters. They're some evil horses. They eat whole chickens in, like a in boa fairness, constrictor. Or something. It's the horsemen, not the horses. Like it's not the four horses of the apocalypse. Like Barbaro comes back from the dead to go what, chasing the chickens. Think four guys just strolling in with like empty saddles in their yeah, hands. The horsemen, they're riding horses. horses the that's what I'm saying, <laughs> right? But you guys were acting like the horses were the ones doing it, as opposed to the four men on foot of the apocalypse. Like obviously, the horsemen are the ones that well, are hey, issue. In my fantasy. It's the horses who are drawn to the chickens and oh my God. It's carry Equus. with them the four horsemen oh of the apocalypse. Oh, God, Equus. <laughs> Otherwise, the horsemen would have been staying at the Holiday Inn and not moving anywhere. Absolutely. That's right. They'd be like, well, it's fine. It's a normal day. And the horse is like, nope, there are the chickens. That starts the whole process. Here we go. Get on board. Oh, good times, good times. Okay, so what's the, f- the third sign? That was the fourth. What's the next one? Uh, some bombing in London that killed like eight people. They're like, end of days, eight people died in a terrorist attack. I'm like, really? What? You're putting this in your list of shit? I mean, Katrina, okay, sure. Like the Indonesia earthquake, yes, wonderful. The, Even uh, 9-11, maybe. And also in Indonesia. Yeah, 9-11. But then they were trying to, you know, bolster those stats with like other things. And they're like, in Tunisia, an old woman choked <laughs> on a chicken bone in 2004. When she saw the horsemen of the apocalypse, like, give me that chicken, old lady. <laughs> Give me the chicken. I'm like, come on. It was just weird, man. It was it was very weird. He kept, they kept talking. The narrator, who I suspect was Harry Shearer, but I hope wasn't, but it sounded like Harry Shearer. <laughs> who the hell is Harry Shearer? Um, kept talking, you know, from The Simpsons. Uh, the guy with the deep voice, Harry Shearer. Uh, okay. The guy that plays Homer Simpson, right? And definitely no, that's Jew, Dan so. Castellano. Oh. That part could... No, that's Castellaneta. Harry Shearer does, like, every other character. I mean... Oh, 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 oh I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. Okay. Character. Okay, got you. So, on you go. <laughs> In the movie Wayne's World, he was Handsome Dan because he's so ugly that it was hilarious that they called him Handsome and Dan. And it's still hilarious. Okay. Anyway, he was also in Spinal Tap, which I'm looking at in my poster across from me in my room. Gotcha. Um... So, he just says weird things. Like, he's like, do you like this, George Bush, now that you're helping the world oppose Israel? What about... And then he starts talking to God. He's like, God said that... Oh, and there was one thing where, like... Okay, so there was apparently some summit having to do with Israel, like, the day before Katrina struck. So, they made it to look like God, in response for people abandoning, like, the Zionist movement and not allowing and making Israel like give up certain of these disputed lands to the Palestinians caused Katrina because God was like fine you want to leave the Jews how about i leave new orleans in ruins <laughs> Okay, have 26 tornadoes in Kansas, because 26 is the number when you add up the name of Hashem or some crazy oh, wait, shit. And that is exactly oh, so wait, what the is Bible the, is said. the propaganda, this is why you need to help Israel to keep the apocalypse horsemen from going after the chickens? Like, what? what is, what's the what's the end game here? You're supposed to watch this, yeah. so you'll support Israel, and Israel is well, all that can save us from the apocalypse? What? I mean, talk about mixed messages, Greg. Like, what I could have gotten out of this propaganda DVD is that God wants the apocalypse, God is going to, you know, enact the apocalypse if we're not nice to Israel or that God is responsible for terrorist attacks. Because part of the apocalypse stuff was like, God sent tornadoes. Then God sent terrorists. We're like, well, why are we in wars with all these countries if God is sending the terrorists? Like, why can't we just ask God to stop 
sending terrorists to kill us. So, did this, who was this guy How that gave this to you? Two things on par. Was it next to it? Like this guy just the falafel guy. It's like, while you have that meal, have this. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, yeah, no, Greg. It's not like I was in the falafel place and there's some shady guy with a trench coat opened it up and he had like a rack of propaganda hey, DVDs and you he like gave me one. Video? It was like Want some cash on too? the counter next some to cash. the next to the pump ketchup. It was like pump ketchup, pump mustard, <laughs> and Zionist <laughs> DVD stack. <laughs> That is, and I was like, tremendous. What is oh, You should take one of those. I'm like, I will take one of these. Thank you, falafel guy. <laughs> now it's going to lead to some very awkward silences when you like, come oh back. Oh my god! Because he's because he's going to be back for falafel. He's going to be like, eh, eh? Eh? what you think of that? Eh? Mm, eh? Well, eh? I was like, well, the production quality wasn't the best, but I did like Harry Shearer's, you know, cameo. be like infidel, As crazy Zionist yeah. guy. If any falafel guy's making movies in his spare time, like I will totally watch and review them <laughs> all day long. That could be my job. If that Listeners, job existed, if you're a falafel guy, or if you ever made beer in a mill, <laughs> please send us that information because we'd love to know. If you're a beer miller, <laughs> he's got a he did like a Zionist brewer, pamphlet. Either one. He had some like propaganda pamphlet next to the beer to the milled beer. He's like Schadenfreude would like you to see this pamphlet on why people are good, and here's a pamphlet on propaganda of people being good. I don't know what the German propaganda equivalent in the 14th century was but i was willing to go with it something about luther yeah i was i was totally about to say that there you go luther yeah awesome because <laughs> we know that that's probably something that happened within 300 years of either side <laughs> on germany exactly <laughs> like, this is the that's closest close thing i've ever heard of to something that happened in the 14th century in germany it's clearly martin luther has something to do with it's this. history by he's the only person i've read about yeah it's history by splash radius and god knows you know? i don't read much splash radius it's within a few hundred years either way it's within the ballpark <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> He's in there. Martin Luther lived for like 460 That's years. True. Absolutely. It took him 18 months to post the note of objections on the yeah. church. Dude, he, people don't. Yeah. Know he lived that, so he long lived in a slower timeline than ever. Exactly. He lived so long. He added a third name and turned himself black in the 20th century. So what's up with that? That's how long this guy lived. Uh, he did. God. That's Martin <laughs> Luther, Luther Smith. Yeah. Junior, right. The beetle. <laughs> you didn't think I bet something else, did you? Uh. <laughs> Well, believe it or not, we've actually come to the end of an hour, and I think it's appropriate that we come to the end of an hour because final score, Florida 7, Mets 4. The Mets fall out of first place. Oh, baby. The Mets the are in second. The collapse continues. Mets fans. You have tortured me so Schadenfreude much. I do not regret are us. We're sorry, Mets fans. No reservations. We're not sorry about Mets fans. We are sorry about Mets fans. You're live. Oh, my God. I'm a garbage man, and I can't care about baseball anymore <laughs> this year. Oh, crap. <laughs> you can always still care about the Met Report, of course. I have nothing to live Check for. Check us out. Please listen. Let us know. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Go Jets. <laughs> I'm going to kill myself. Say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Eric Mangini. Oh, God. Look, why did I do this? I could have gone to college. <laughs> There's always beer. Why didn't I make a Bill Mir? Or a Bill Mir? What? Speaking of... Who the hell is Bill Someone Mir? didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Damn it. And now I'm dyslexic. They should have commercials like that. They should be like, hello, I'm disabled. I did not stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. You would like to send me to a Holiday Inn Express? Please contact the stupid people for Holiday Inn Express Foundation at eight seven five. I forget. Thank you. The proceeding was a presentation of the Map Report. 
hosted at www.metreport.com. All rights reserved. In no way should any part of this show be construed as an invitation to buy, sell, or trade flightless birds, or reassemble Voltron. Or at least not the stupid one of the cars. Please support the Met Report by voting for the show at www.vitalpodcast.com, adding the show to your list of favorites at podcastpickle.com, and clicking on the Vote for Met link on the Met Report homepage to vote for us at podcastalley.com. Email us at Greg, Russ, Story, or Andy at metreport.com, and call us and leave a voicemail or a fax at 206-600-MEP1. That's 206-600-6371. And finally, please join the fight to stop the senseless farming of emu plants. It's immoral, it's unethical, and frankly, it's just a little bit gross. Another day away